today that you did not come expecting because as I was preparing for this a week ago I wasn't expecting what he would be doing this week in my life and what you and I would be dealing with even today in our lives and it's so different and it's so varied but it's so real so whether you're in this place or whether you're online right now and you've joined us right now at this moment I'm so glad because I think God's got something super special for you right now. I want to pray with you as we move into this special time of digging into God's Word and seeing what He has for us as an individual because He's got something for you today. And then immediately after I say amen, our kids can head back towards Children's Church and make their way across progress as uh, is happening outside right now. Uh, with our parking lot and the changes that are happening outside. Would you pray with me, please? Father, across this room, we prepare to talk for a few minutes about what can be one of the greatest victories in our life or one of the greatest tragedies in our life as we learn to deal with temptation that comes in front of all of us. At that word, Lord, some of us in this room immediately kind of let our heart tighten up. We closed our mind up a little bit because we don't want to hear it. God, break us even now so that we can hear from you. It doesn't matter what comes from my mouth. What matters is what comes from your spirit that has to happen in this place this day. So whether we're sitting in front of a computer or a phone or in front of a TV watching this Facebook Live right now, or whether we're physically in this room, we need you, we need your spirit. God, work in us today. Change us for your glory. In the holy name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Kiddos, we'll see you guys in a little bit. May the Lord teach you greatly where you are next door through Miss Sarah and her great crew of volunteers. We pick up this week where we took off last week. We are in James chapter 1 and we're going to go back to where we ended last week which is James chapter 1 and verse 12. Thank you man. And we're going to start off right there as we dig in. I hope you've got a paper copy of the word with you in front of you but if you don't uh, use your phone or whatever you've got. We've got it up here on the screen for you. But I do think you're probably going to want to take a note or two today because I'm going to give you some really, really practical stuff as we walk through this study on temptation. I will tell you, I'm just being 100% honest with you. As I was planning through this, I was planning on doing one study on James 1, one on James 2, one on James 3, one on James 4, and one on James 5. And as I was reading through it and listening to it, and my habit is, is I'll go through and whatever book I'm in, I'll listen to it or read it or both over and over and over again. And as I was listening to this, I was like, man, people know about temptation. People, we, we get that. We know there's a good and a bad that can come from what happens there. And the temptation is not the sin. It's the, it's the acting on the temptation that's the sin. We get that. So they, and then life just kept showing me things. Like over the last year, the number of people that I have known personally and publicly that temptation got them and it has destroyed them and then this last month it's been a couple more times that I've seen it with people that I know and people that I love and then guess what it's like this week again are you kidding so it's a big deal 
And I want us to be aware. I want us to know how this happens. I want us to know what happens. And so let's start here. James chapter 1 and verse 12. The, the Bible teaches us this. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. And afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Now, there's a deline- there, there has to be a delineation between what is testing and what is temptation. What is a trial and what is temptation? And those two are different. So we start right there. Temptation can become a triumph. That's why I titled this Temptation to Triumph. Because I believe that God's desire for every single one of us in this room is that, yes, he knows we will face temptation. He knows that will happen in our lives. But he wants us to triumph in it. He wants there to be a a win in it because he knows that temptation can also become tragic. Tragic shows up on the news. Tragic changes your family. Tragic, Tragic makes you just want to quit. It's devastating. As we dig into this today, we have to know this that this is war it's spiritual war every temptation is an element of spiritual war i was telling i pray with our worship team every morning before we come out before they lead you in one 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 note of a song and this is one of those messages that, that I like for you to see the joy that's in my face, but this one is so hard, it's hard for me to even try to smile with what we're talking about because this is spiritual warfare. And I'm tired of people losing to spiritual warfare. I don't want to lose to it, and I don't want you to lose to it, so I want to give you what it takes to win this battle. And I'm just going to give you this up front. You can't do this on your own. If you try to fight this battle on your own, I give you one personal guarantee you will lose over and over and over again. I'm passionate about this. You know why I'm so passionate about this? Because I'm tired of seeing it. I'm tired of living it. It's a two-way street that none of us wants to walk down. It's, It's a loss, and God does not want us to live in that loss. We'd better treat temptation like the spiritual battle that it actually is. Now, trials and testings, and what's the difference? Trials can be testings on the outside, or they can be temptations on the inside. So trials are things that, like, come in our lives. It's, it's sickness. It's, 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 uh, it's what happens when, we, when, we, when, the, when the money runs out. Uh, trials, the things we talked about last week that are, that are real things that show up in our lives that, will, that can break us if we don't endure through them. That's what we have to do. So trials can be tested on the outside, or they can be temptations on the inside. That means there's something that's already here that's not exactly right. And when the right circumstances happen and the right things come in front of us, there's an opportunity for tragedy. And I want to save you from the tragedy, even though I can't save you from the tragedy. I want to show you where to go to find the salvation, to make the tragic into a triumph. Now, I want you to think about this with me. God desires for us to endure through the trial And he wants us to triumph over the temptation. In both cases, his desire is for us to win. He's talking about kingdom-wise. He wants us to win. 
Let's walk through this. James chapter 1, verse 13, 14, and 15 says this. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong and never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. They entice us. They, they call us that way. They bait. They lure us that way. And then once they get that hook in our mouth, they drag us down as far as they possibly can. Verse 15, these desires give birth to sinful actions. That's a neat word in there, but it's straight Straight from the Greek, it gives birth to sinful actions. It's the starting point of sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Now, we're going to talk about death in a couple of different ways because the kind of death that he's talking about here is not the way we usually think about it, but it's very realistic. Temptation is not testing. God does not tempt us to do wrong. This goes against every bit of the character of who God is. The second part of this is very true. James 1, the first part of it's different. From the first part, trials or testing, God not only allows these, oftentimes he's in these, in the trials that come. Uh, when, when we start getting to a point where, where we've got so much we think we can completely take care of ourselves and we don't need anything else anymore, beware, there might be a trial that comes a stock market might fall to the ground and the retirement you were looking for is gone. That could be a trial that comes in your life and God just allows it to happen. And I'm just telling you, in your life, sometimes he makes this kind of stuff happen in our lives to bend us back, to put us back in the right direction so that we can endure and become who he's called us to be. Temptation is different. I know that God is all-knowing. He knows what's coming in our lives. You know that as well. He knows this is happening, but he does not tempt us to sin. So when being tempted, and this is number one on your outline, you need to wake up, we need to wake up to where sin leads you. We talked about looking towards what can come or what, 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 is, what is coming in the future last week is where we ended up. But we need to wake up to where sin leads us. Sin, sin's end is death sin's end and sin's ultimate is separation from a holy god there's a progression here it, it's four words for you the first one is desire it starts with desire uh, sin begins to take root when we choose to satisfy god-given desires and god gives us so many desires in ways that are clearly outside of his stated will that's where desire begins when we say well, God said this, but man, this really kind of looks, this looks good. That's where it starts, it's desire. And then it leads to deception. So it starts to desire, it leads to deception. That's verse 14. They entice us, they lure us in a direction. The Greek word says it baits a hook. Huh. We don't mind it so much with fish, but we sure don't want a hook in our mouth. And I'm not talking about a literal hook, but I'm talking about something that will take you down. I mean, that lure in that fish's mouth is for what purpose? I mean, let's be honest. It means he's becoming somebody's dinner. Life's over. It's, dead. it's the lure. But boy, that worm looked good. But boy, that, that little tiny minnow looked good. That bigger fish on there gets a bigger fish. Bait a hook. There's always a hook in the bait that we can't see. 
when it looks so good from the outside. There's always a hook in the lure. Don't forget it. We're never told the whole story. That's the way Satan works. When we give in like that, that's when we do that strange thing we call giving the devil a foothold. It's like a toe in the door, and he doesn't care how small it is. He doesn't care how, how little the toe is. He's going to pull the whole body in. He's going to pull the whole mind in for who we are. Disobedience is the next part. So you got desire, deception, you got disobedience. Disobedience is actually the act of sin. It's when we give ourselves the permission to, to do the wrong. It's when we say, all right, I'm not going to win this one. In verse 15, we're not just thinking about whatever the act might be. We make a choice to do it at this point. That's the sin. The temptation of I see it or I feel it or I, I think it, that's not the sin. The sin is where we say, all right, I'm going to do it. Whatever it is. And we're going to talk about what some of those things are today because it's painful. And I think sometimes we don't realize some of these things. Some of them we know. Some of them we don't realize. Some of them we don't pay attention to. There's a line between temptation and sin. It's where our will approves and gives permission for sin to be committed. It's actually an act of surrender, but it's to the wrong God. Go back to the bait for a moment. You throw your, your bait and your hook out. The fish gets on. When do you win? When the fish gives up. That's when you can reel it all the way in. That's when it's supper time. Other until then, they're fighting. They're going away. They've got a hook in their mouth, but they're fighting against it. Don't give in to an act of surrender to the wrong God. So you've got desire, deception, disobedience, and the last one is death. Death is the ultimate outcome. In verse 15, Satan says this pleasure is what life, this pleasure is what life is all about. That this life is all about the pleasure, actually. That's what he says. But God gives us pleasures. God, God is not, this is what Satan says. God is just trying to keep you from pleasure that you don't even know of. That's the lie of Satan. But the truth is, is that pleasure leads to death. And we never get the full story on this unless we're seeking the Lord through his word. Unless we're worshiping him regularly unless we're digging in and knowing what the truth says satan will always twist the truth and one of his favorite truths to, to twist is the very word of god it's the way he works it's not fair he doesn't care he just wants you on the hook and he wants me on the hook and that is the win for him second thing is this you got to know what you're fighting against that's why you got to get yourself out of this and you got to put the Lord on the battlefield for this for you. You got to let the Holy Spirit work in this right here. You got to let the truth of God's word work in this. Know what you're fighting against. Verse 13 tells us that temptation is always present. That temptation is, well, it was at school this week and it was at work this week. It'll be at the, at the, at the grocery store when you go later tonight. It'll be on your TV later today. It's on your phone right now it's in your home sadly it's in this room right now there's temptation that is here and it's not and it's so clear that james gives us here it's not if you are tempted it's when you're tempted 
because it's going to happen. Matter of fact, one of the most foolish things that I've ever said and probably one of the most foolish things you've ever thought or said is, well, that one will never happen to me. If you want to fall, if you want, if you want the, 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 the battle from hell to come to your life, you say, that'll never happen to me. Pastors, youth pastors, children's pastors, they fall every single day with that thought, it'll never happen to me. No one is immune. The Bible teaches us in a couple of different places that Satan is looking all over the earth, looking for those little ones that he might devour. He's like a lion. And that lion seeks the weakest one that's away from his herd, away from his tribe, away from his people, away from her people. And that's where he goes. And he goes in after weakness because he's a coward like that. I just want you to hear it. He's a coward like that. And he goes after you when you're weak. He goes after you when it's been a bad day. He goes after you when you're not strong. He goes after you when you're sick. He goes after you when you say, no, it'll never be me. He goes after, that's a weakness, you hear it? It's a weakness that happens in our life. And it is the way that he works. Remember his purpose, his one purpose in life, to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Don't forget the other side of this. Jesus said, but I have come this so that you might have life and have it to the full. And if you go this way, I promise you, you won't have it to the full. You're going to come up hungry. Matter of fact, you're going to come up dead. But here's what I mean by that. We'll dig into it. First uh, Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 9 says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him. Be strong in your faith. Don't be strong in you. Be strong in your faith. Think about this. We've said it a couple of times, but it's so true. In verse 13, God is not the tempter. If you're hearing a whisper inside you that's telling you to do something that you know that's not of God, that is against his truth, you know it's not his voice. How do you learn that kind of stuff? You've you got to read about it. You've got to study it. You've got you to hide it in your heart so that you won't sin against him. Verse 14, the temptation comes from, this is, this is kind of hard to read, but it says the temptation comes from our own desires. Some of us think we're all good and we're good people and we don't have big problems. But you were born with a sinful bent, just like I was born with a sinful bent. It's part of us. It talks about it in Genesis chapter 3 that it's already there. And it's not, thank you, Grandpa Adam and Grandma Eve, because that same sinful bent is in all of us. Parents, you can teach your children to sin, but you don't have to. They'll do just fine in that area without you. I'm just saying we help them a little bit too much sometimes. You hear it, you see it, you see the, the scrolls and the reels and the TikToks. It's embarrassing. Aren't you glad it's not you that made it this time? You don't have to teach what sin is. I think about it like this. The pattern that Satan uses is, is so predictable that we should know this by now. 53 years old, shouldn't I know the way the enemy works by now? Should I still be having to learn this? So temptation is there. It's always there. Sometimes you just happen to walk upon it. 
Sometimes that happens, I know. You've got to figure out what to do with them. We're going to help you there. It's always there. There will be times when temptation actually seeks you out. When you're in that weak spot, he'll come to the very place where you are trying to, to tell you, you'll never, you'll never amount to anything. You'll never be loved. You'll never get a job. You'll never be able to take care of it. That's, that's, that's where the enemy will show up and show up, and he's an unwelcome person there, but that is what he does. But there's also that spot, those times that we choose we choose to take a road, and we know that temptation is on that road. And I'm telling you, even that act is the beginning of a sin. When we choose to walk that road, and we know that it's sin, that's when we essentially say to God, you know what, God, I, know, I actually grew up in all this stuff, and I actually know what your word says. Forget that stuff. I got my own self. I got my own ways. Matter of fact, this world taught me this. If it feels good, do it. I believe it. I know that's what's happening in my life. So God, I'm going to take what you've told me and I'm going to trash it. I'm going to go away from it. I'm going to choose not. That's what we do. When we say, I'm going to go, to, I'm, I'm, I'm purposely go towards temptation. We make that choice. Our flesh says, yes, let's keep on going on that path. This will be nice. It'll bring some pleasure. It could be physical. It could be emotional. It depends on the sin. But I think it's also important that we keep in mind that most of the pleasures that we have in this life and with this body is something that God gave us. But here's the problem. They weren't created as evil. God created taste, touch, smell, sound, even thoughts. Sin takes pleasure that God intended for good and it perverts it into something that it was never intended to be. That's the sin of it. That desire gives way to sinful acts. The desire is normal. It's the act of sin that's the problem. It says that the sin act is the living birth of death. Now let, let that soak in for a second. The sinful act is, is like the birth of death. How? How? How can both of those happen in this birth and death at the same? How, how can that happen? Let's stop and think about this for a minute. Sin can lead to death. How? Well, some habits are, are deadly. Uh, for example, uh, drugs that we look for a pleasure of euphoria in. They often take lives. Uh, the sinful pleasure of sexuality has led to death over years now from STDs to modern things that we have on the news that we won't call what they are for what they are it, it, it is sin that will lead to death Romans 6 23 says that the wages of sin is death that's what we get paid for it does death always mean physical death well, it really helps to understand how the early church would have looked at what James is saying here since James is talking to the early church. Jews who had become believers, a lot of them very young in their faith. 
And if you understand what, what that early church would have thought as he was talking to them, the Jews, even Jewish believers, death was often more of a, it was more of a, a trajectory of where you're going rather than a ceasing to live, rather than death as a no more pulse. Thinking about it a little bit further, to be dead was a description of a really poor quality of life, not so much of ceasing to exist. It was just leading to a life that was going to be, eh. Jews either saw people following the path of life, which would in this instance be walking with Jesus, or walking a path that leads to death, which is walking apart from Jesus according to the flesh. And you can tell when somebody is a dead man or a dead woman walking. There's no life. There's no joy. There's no spirit. There's no hope. You can tell it. And that might be you in this room right there, but there's hope. Hang on. He tells us that temptation in verse 16 grows really easily when our minds are, are not made up, when our minds are fickle. He says this, chapter 1, verse 16 to 18. Don't be misled, my dear children, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a, sh a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation became his prized possession. There's something to smile about. Out of all this, he created us out of all creation to become his prized possession. Some of us believe we will never and we can never win when it comes to temptation. But biblically and realistically, temptation can be resisted. Now, resisted, that means there's a battle in it. There, there, there is a struggle that will come. Uh, I, I think about things that we're tempted to do. Our minds usually go to the, to the really, really common things like physical lust of flesh. We know where that can lead. It can lead to adultery. It can lead to pornography. It can lead to homosexuality. It can lead, it can lead to all of these things that the Bible, we know that. And we know there's destruction that comes in all of those. No good marriage is, really does well when these things have happened without repentance. It doesn't happen. Desire for money. <laughs> when we get a strong enough desire for money, it, it, it's a temptation. But we, what do we do? We do something about it. We lie, cheat, steal. Whether it's from the government or from the boss or whatever. We want good grades in school. What do we do? It's a temptation. It's an expectation of our parents. So what do we do? We cheat. Sin. In order to win. <laughs> you want to be in charge of a lot of folks. You want to be at the top of a company. You fudge things here and there so you climb that ladder. You keep something off your resume. You hide something from your past so that you can keep climbing that ladder. But we're also tempted to do other things that are not quite so physical. We do things like this. We're tempted to quit. When God says go on. 
We're tempted to say no when he says go. This is physical, but it starts in the mind. Some of you in this room have been tempted to take your own life. If not, you've known a loved one or a friend who's taken their own life. It's a temptation that became a reality that became a sin. We're tempted to refuse to forgive. We're tempted to pay back evil for evil. We're tempted to curse someone, which Jesus says is an abomination to him. We're tempted to hurt someone. We're tempted to turn our backs on God. We're tempted to doubt or even deny the very truth in his word. We're tempted. Some of, you, some of you in this room were tempted not to come and worship today. I hope you're glad you did. I sure am glad you did. I guarantee there's probably somebody sitting beside you or behind you or in front of you that's glad that you did so they didn't have to come and sing along, but also because God's got a truth for all of us in this room today that will help us. I'm glad you didn't give in. It says that God never changes or casts a, sh a shifting shadow. He doesn't change. This world thinks that God changes. This world thinks that his word changes. That it's a, it's a living document, but not a living document in the way that it changes. It's alive. But it's not morphing. Good, perfect gifts come from God. So go with me here. You don't have to be a theologian to get this, but if everything that is good and perfect comes from God, where does everything else come from? Not God. It comes from this world, or it comes from this world, and they have taken something that God has given, and they twisted it. That's where everything else comes from. They pervert it. He chose, think about it, he chose for us to come to this world. He, he chose for us to have life. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word, which is Christ. What's he saying? To give us birth? Rebirth. Life in him that goes for eternity to be born again. This happens by his word. This is Jesus. In the beginning was the word and the word was God. And the word was with God and was God. And out of everything that God created in this world, it was you that he calls the prized possession. For those who believe, for those who trust in him, your temptations are not new. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says there's nothing new, no temptation known to man that is new. Jesus faced temptation. If you think you're alone in this, Jesus went to a garden. Actually, he was led by the Spirit into the garden where he was then tempted by Satan. He faced temptation. He would face the lust of the flesh. He would face the pride of life. He would face the lust of the eyes. We can relate to these temptations. And I love the explanation that John gives us in uh, 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15, 16, and 17. He says, do not love this world nor the things it offers. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. 
For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, which is the lust of the flesh. A craving for everything we see, which is the lust of the eyes. And the pride of our achievement and our possessions, which is, uh, that's the pride of life. It's what we can do. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. That means the things that we're tempted by. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. So one leads to death and one leads to life. One leads to separation and one leads to unification. So you want, what you want to do is you want, and this is number three, position yourself for the win. Put yourself in a place so that you can win in this. Temptation can be resisted. There's a winning place. This is how to go from temptation to triumph. And this is super fast, but this is where it starts. Know the truth. Know the truth. In, in Psalm 119 and verse 11, Thy word have I hidden in my heart so that I might not sin against you. Your word in my heart so I don't sin. It's the way that it works. Reading God's word, that's the way it happens. And then pray. And, and the order of these is not necessarily in order because it could be starting with prayer and then going to the word, but it could be reading the word and then pray in Mark uh, 14 and, and Matthew 28. Pray so that you will not succumb to temptation. The next one's kind of a big deal. And we hate it. And I'm a dude and I don't like it at all. Accountability. It means letting somebody know what's really going on in your life. It can happen with your spouse. It can happen with your mom and dad. It can happen with your best friend. I'm just telling you, it has to happen. It can happen with men getting together with men and women getting together with men to encourage each other and press one another toward Christ. But we need one another. James chapter 5 and verse 16, when you get all the way to the end of James here, it says, therefore, confess your sins to each other. Boy, that sounds like a happy day. No, it's not. It's not fun. It's not easy. It says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Hold one another accountable in a loving way. Here's another one. And this is just real. Don't play with fire. Don't play with temptation and think I'll win. Don't play with temptation and think, well, if I just fart on this side of the line, if I just go on this side of the line just this far, I'll be fine. I got this. That's a lie from the pit of hell because you'll lose. You may not lose the first time or the second time, but you will lose. How do I know? <laughs> okay. It's real. Verse 16 says, don't be misled. Don't be fooled. Don't be misled. Temptation starts in the mind. We have to focus and we have to force ourselves to face facts. We have to apply truth. We have to think through consequences. We have to look at the end when we see the beginning right in front of us. The world says if it feels good, do it. And I'm just telling it, that's terrible advice. If I lived that way, I'd be the stupidest man on the face of the earth. I'd also be the most single man on the face of this earth. And I'd be lonely thinking I would be fulfilled. Galatians 5, 16 and 17 says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, and then you won't be doing what the sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting against each other, so we are not free to carry out your good intentions. See, he wants us to win. He wants us to know what the truth is, and he wants us to make the decision up front so that when we get to the end, we don't have to keep fighting the battle. 
that we win up front. Verse, uh, James chapter 4 and verse 7, again, going to the end of this book, it says, So humble yourselves before the Lord, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Resist and he will flee. Resist by the power of the Holy Spirit and he will flee from you. And just a note, just a few verses earlier in this, James said, you adulterers, don't you know that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? Be careful where you hang out. Be careful where you, where you call your place. Next to the last one here is run. This is great advice. And sometimes it is so necessary. I don't care, man, woman, child, teenager, whatever you are. This is good advice. 2 Timothy 2, 22. 2 Tim, 2, 2, 2. There's the way you remember it. 2 Tim, 2, 2, 2. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Instead, pursue righteousness, faithfulness, love, peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Sometimes you've got to run. Sometimes you've got to go so fast. Sometimes you're tripping over yourself. Getting out. We're given an ultimate story in the Old Testament with Potiphar's wife and Joseph. And Joseph finds himself in that tempting situation. He didn't choose it. He found himself there. And the only way out was to run. That's why, and again, I can't tell you this is exactly where this came from, but Paul says when temptation, when sexual temptation comes, he says flee, which means run. He knew his Old Testament, so I don't know, could be, but it works. And give it to Jesus. This is the last one. Give it to Jesus. Give it to Jesus. If there's anything else I can say, start with this one. Give it to Jesus. End with this one. Give it to Jesus. Every place into it. When you're running, give it to Jesus. When, when, you're, when you're being misled, give it to Jesus. When you're learning the truth, give it to Jesus. He knows you. He loves you. He cares about you like nobody else knows and cares about you. He knows the spiritual struggle. When the most challenging temptations are put in front of us, he knows about that. He is sympathetic. He was 100% human when he faced the temptation that he faced, yet he was without sin. So he is sympathetic. He understands. But now he's not the human. Now he's the high priest. He, he understands us, but he can do something about it. He stands in the gap, taking our right now needs to the Father so we don't have to take the path that leads to death. That's what he wants for us. Hebrews 4.15, I'm reading this from the Amplified. I don't use it very often, but I love the way it says it. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize and understand our weaknesses and temptations, but one who has been tempted knowing exactly how it feels to be human in every respect we are yet without committing any sin. He gets it. He feels it. He knows it. He's been there. But now he's standing in the gap for you. I'm going to ask you to do something really unique as we move into our invitation time right now. I want to ask you that for this day, no matter what else has got to happen after this, that you stick around until the invitation is completely over. Because your movement could catch somebody's attention and keep them from responding to the Holy Spirit right now. It matters that much. Just give it this day. You've got a choice time right now. This, this, this is a choice that you have to make. It, if you don't get the spiritual weight of this temptation 
that I'm talking about. You may need Jesus right now. How do you do that? It starts with repenting, repenting of your sins and trusting Jesus Christ by faith. That's where it starts. If you've never done that, that's the step you need to make today. You'll never win this battle without Jesus. That's the one thing I know. The second one is this. If you know Jesus and you are convicted that you are or you have flirted with the line of temptation, can I just kind of plead with you right now? Don't take another step until you take all of that to Jesus. Or you will fail. You will fail. Christ will not fail you. You will fail. That may be getting on your knees right where you are. It may be laying on your face before this altar because you know how real this is. And if you are a follower of Jesus and you know that you have crossed this line, I want you to hear this first. You're not alone because there's not a person in this room who hasn't crossed that line because we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, every single one of us. It's the question of where we're living right now. It's what's happening inside of us right now. If you've got sin right now and you know it, I'm telling you there's freedom. In 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9, we're reminded we confess our sin he is faithful and he is just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness but we have to confess it and confessing it doesn't just mean sorry I got caught this time confession is letting it go and saying I'm not going back there it's it's an act of repentance that has to happen in our lives. I want you to stand with me across this room right now, just real quietly. Remember, nobody moving unless you're moving to what God is leading you to do right now towards this altar, towards maybe your knees where you are, on your face where you are. Jesus, this is one of those things that is impossible on our own. God, some of us are sitting in front of temptation right now. God, take that desire, that wrong desire away. And if we've, if we've stepped a toe across that line, Lord, and we're at that spot of, of, of being disobedient, we're just, we're just we're weighing it in our head, Lord, help us not to lose that battle. Put a scripture in our mind. Put a reminder in us that you love us, that you died for us, that it was this very sin that you died for on the cross. Give us the power to come to you strong. If we've never trusted you, may that happen in this moment, Lord. This is your time. This is your place. This is your invitation, Lord. It's a choice we have to make. God, help us. In Jesus' name, amen. If God's speaking to you, come right now. Do not wait.